This is Photo Biz X, episode number 554, and today I think you are going to fall in love with today's guest. She is a UK-based portrait photographer, and I described her at the end of this interview as a total breath of fresh air. She shares an absolute ton from generating clients, bookings, making great sales, creating clients for a lifetime, and with her coaching background, she has no trouble getting across how you can do exactly the same in your business. Like I said, I think you're going to fall in love with today's guest. I'm talking about Maggie Robinson, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business, even faster than going it alone. And like I said in that intro, strap yourself in because this is an absolute ripper of an interview coming your way with Maggie Robinson. That's coming up in just a second. I did say that she is a photography business coach. In addition to that, she is running her own photography business. It's a very successful business, and that is what I love about a guest like Maggie because they are walking the walk, not only talking the talk. Just before we do jump into that one, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Liz Hansen, she is a million dollar studio owner. She photographs boudoir photography for her female clients. Get back and have a listen to that one because, yeah, wow. I mean, how good have the recent interviews been, or the recent interview guests, I should say? Uh, we have been spoilt with the knowledge, or by the knowledge, of so many successful photographers lately. So yeah, again, get back and have a listen to Liz if you haven't caught that one yet, especially if you have the intention or the dream or desire to grow a million dollar studio or get anywhere near there yourself. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. One quick announcement before we jump into this interview with Maggie. If you haven't heard all the chatter about the upcoming masterclass on how to sell or the art of selling for photographers is coming up this week with Audra Harris. Audra is a sales expert. She sells for her photographer clients around the US. She trains her team to sell for their photographer clients around the US. And she's coming on or coming back to present a masterclass on how you can sell with integrity, with purpose, with confidence, and a helping mentality. There are more details about the sales training over at photobizx.com forward slash sales. The big thing about this sales training, well, there's two things. One is if you want to increase your sales, come and do the training. So if you're not happy with where your sales averages are, come and do this training. If you struggle with sales, if you feel nervous about sales, if you don't have a system when you go into a sales appointment, come and do this training. And the reason I keep saying come and do this training is because there is a 100% money back guarantee. And I'll go even further than that and say that if you don't recoup the cost of the training in the first two sales sessions after you implement what you hear from Audra, then you can have your money back from the training. That's how serious I am about wanting you to be successful with your sales. I want to see you increase your average sale, your profits, 
I want this training to be a no-brainer for you. I want your PhotoBizX membership to be a no-brainer. I want all that to be paid for easily with what you implement and learn from what Audra shares this week. So again, go and check out the registration page. If you've got any questions, let me know. It's happening this week. If you can make the live training, you'll save 50% on the cost of the course because it's doubling after the live presentation. If you can't make the live call, I'm going to have a recording and a full course page for you with all the additional assets on a separate course page on the PhotoBizX website. Plus, if you do register before this Thursday, you'll also get free access to the terrific course put together by Joel Dunn, another photography business coach, on how to set up a price list that is profitable, makes sense, and actually works in helping your clients spend more. So with the two courses bundled together, you can create a fantastic price list, then implement what Audra teaches you to sell off your new price list effectively. This is honestly 100% no risk. Come and do the training if you want to increase your sales. If you don't, recoup the cost of the training in the next two sales sessions after you implement what you've learned, then let me know and I will give you a full refund. I'll be happy to do that. I know Audra will as well. She stands behind what she's going to be teaching. And the reason she can do that is because she has taught so many of her staff to do exactly what she does, and that is to sell effectively. And remember, she only gets paid if she makes sales, so she knows what she's doing. Alrighty, photobizx.com forward slash sales for more info and to get registered for that training. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Just quickly, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, the total bummer for you, especially if you fall in love with Maggie and her incredible accent, is that you will not hear the full interview today with her. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. The good news is you can access the full interview for as little as $1. Simply head over to photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a wife, mother of two, originally from Poland and now based in the UK. She started out in newborn photography and developed into a family photographer as her young subjects started to grow up. She's accumulated a ton of awards, including Newborn Photographer of the Year in 2018, and she now divides her time between her photography business, Dinky Feet, and the TOG Academy, where she specialises in personal coaching and in-person sales training for photographers. With more than 15 years of experience in business management, entrepreneurship, and seven years in photography training and coaching, IPS is her thing, and she loves seeing photographers from around the world increase their revenue. I'm talking about Maggie Robinson, and I am wrapped to have her with us now. Maggie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really lovely to be here. So, look, it's my pleasure. How did you end up in the UK from Poland? I ended up in UK. I mean, um, well, how long have you got? Uh, my parents were living in two separate places and my mom was a bit tired of bringing me up. And she called my dad and she said, can you take over? Because she's really tough. So that's how I came to UK. And the moment I landed, I almost felt like this is my home. I always resonated with the country. I always felt comfortable here. I never felt like an immigrant for some reason. And I kind of stayed, you know, I stayed 20 years now. Wow. Okay. So your photography business, your photography life has always been in the UK. Always been in UK. Yeah. 
Definitely. Right. And then, so you started with the newborn genre. The listener can't see you right now, but I can see up on the walls behind you, you have, uh, you know, full family photos framed. You have mothers and, and babies. So it looks like you're doing everything these days when it comes to family photography. I do quite a bit. So I used to specialize in newborns for the first two years. I pretty much only did newborn sessions back to back all week. And then I expanded to family portraits. And family portraits right now are probably my favorite thing. The more people, the merrier, the tougher the session, the better. I like a challenge. So I like to pick up where other photographers would rather say no. I'll pick up those families and run with it. So that's my speciality, I would say, in terms of studio work now. So when you say I love you know, tough families and the bigger, the better, the more people, the better. Is that your sales mind thinking straight away? Well, there's going to be more combinations. There's going to be more things to sell. That's why I like it. Not really. Do you know, I always treated it as I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy it. If I'm not challenged enough, I don't enjoy it. So for me, if I have a family, you know, perfect three kids, perfect parents and everything's easy. It's kind of, it's boring. It disconnects you from what you want to do. I want to be challenged. So if someone calls me up and says, I have, eight kids under the age of 10 or 11, you know, twins, two are absolute nightmare. Someone's got flu. Someone's going to probably have a meltdown. Ring it on. You know, I love sessions like this because it almost pushes me out of my comfort zone. And also when I do, I do a bit of family posing training. When I do train other photographers, I tend to pick the toughest families as well, just to show them how it works in the worst case scenario. So it's, I love a challenge. I love a challenge. You're a glutton for punishment. I can't believe, I can't believe you like challenging families. I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> now, look, I did say in the intro that you also have the TOG Academy, and I know we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well and what you do there and your speciality, you know, being IPS. I know the listener, sometimes, you know, they feel maybe jaded or wary when I bring on a guest who is teaching other photographers, but you still have a photography business. Is that a big part of your revenue still today? Um, it's not anymore. I mean, I would say probably I'll get more from the training side, from one-to-ones, from online training, but I will never leave that side purely because I want to know how the industry changes because clients change, the needs change. We've seen this year, it's been probably more challenging than any other year. The options are there. You know, there's a lot of cheap options. So we need to adjust our business and the way we teach in order to actually teach people what we currently have to deal with. If I was to stop studio altogether, you know, business-wise, I would be absolutely fine. But two, three years down the line, I would be teaching theory, not practical, because I wouldn't know what's happening in the industry. So for me, it's a big thing to actually know, you know, what clients are looking for year in, year on. I love that. So what kind of shooting calendar are you looking, I guess, to fill each year now? I don't shoot more than three sessions a week. I don't shoot weekends unless it's a massive family and I know physically they cannot fit it Monday to Friday. But I try not to go over three big shoots a week just because I've got I've got a lot of hobbies, you know. I've got a lot of life to, to live outside of work as well. I don't tend to shoot masses unless it's Christmas sessions, then, you know, it's back to back. But other than that, I try to take it steady and enjoy it. I want to enjoy what I do. Sure. But I mean, three family sessions a week, I mean, that would be considered or could be considered a full-time business for a lot of photographers. What kind of revenue targets do you have with those numbers? So UK is slightly different to US. So I teach a lot of people in US and obviously numbers are completely different and hand on heart. And this is something I can prove with my bank statements and stuff. On average, it's about 15 to 1700 pounds a family session. Right. So in Aussie dollars, it's pretty much, there'd be two and a half to three and a half thousand dollars. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I focus on wall art on top of digitals. Um, there's a lot of photographers obviously do albums and things like this. I love frames. I love big things on the wall. I want to know that when they wake up in the morning, 
they look at my work. They look left, they look at my work, they look like it's everywhere. So it almost reminds them that they should refresh their, you know, the sessions every few years as well. Okay, so, okay, so the listener's going to know that this question is coming, particularly the UK, uh, actually all listeners will know this, but there's a big preconceived idea that the market is toughest in the UK. Like it's the worst market that I hear about for family photographers or uh, newborn photographers, for photographers in general. They reckon that's the toughest market there is. And then when I do have a photographer on who's based in the UK, it often happens that they're based in London and then the UK photographers say, oh, well, that's why, because she's based in London. (laughs) So tell me where you're based and where your clients are coming from. No, it's not a toughest market. We just complain the most, you know, it's not the toughest markets. Markets are, you know, similar. You find tough markets and easy markets everywhere. It depends how you market, essentially. And you can, you know, you can be in London and everyone complains. There's a lot of competition, but obviously there's this bigger market. And you can be in the middle of nowhere and people forget that you have monopoly, essentially, on that location. There's not that much competition. So everything's got pros and cons. Uh, My last studio before this one was in the middle of a field. And I always challenged everyone who said, oh, there's no people around. I'm based in a small village and things like this. And I said, look, if you offer something special, people will travel. They will always travel. You just need to make sure that what you offer gives them something that someone down the road cannot do. So, And London doesn't guarantee business. And same thing as, you know, being monopoly in place doesn't guarantee business. So you need to find your niche. As, as cheesy as it sounds, because everyone says, I just find your niche. But, you know, every situation has got pros and cons. If you are in the middle of London, there are options. You just still need to stand out because it's noise. If you're in the middle of nowhere, you're the only one. But then again, there's less market. So, so do generally speaking, do people in London have you know more expendable income? Do they have more money to spend on photography as a luxury item? Having lived in London for about ten years, I wouldn't say it's more. It's uh, obviously you service our service that you know one percent. Most of photographers do people with with spare income, and you will find them anywhere. You just need to target them differently. In London, you have the same problems as everywhere else. It's just more people. So essentially, the numbers are easier to get hold of. Right. So where are you based? You're not in London now. I am on the train. It's one hour, 20 minutes from London. If someone drives, it's about three hours. So I do have occasional people coming from London to for a shoot. I said, look, if you're coming with newborns, I can recommend you someone down south. It's easier for you. It's it's closer because it's at the end of the day, I don't suffer with, you know, not enough clients. But if they want to come, they're more than welcome to travel. Uh, some people do, but I normally target my closest area here in terms of clients for the studio and obviously for training is anywhere. Right. And are you are you based in a big city? Do you have a large population to draw on? No, no, it's it's a small town, but one would say it's very very English. So you will get those big houses, you will get the big families. No one can tell me they have no space to hang the wall at because all the houses around me are pretty decent size as well. The area that the studio is based is quite a nice area. But just to clarify this, because everyone says, are you doing well because it's a nice area? I also had a studio in an area where people were getting stabbed pretty much weekly as well. So I have experience on both sides of the the coin. So you can make it in both places. So it's not just because it's easy now because the area is nice. Right. Well, I mean, so the first thing I was going to say after you mentioned that you live in an area where there are big, nice houses is that I know that there's a lot of people in the UK, photographers that live in areas or villages where they're tiny little houses. And one of the things they do say is people just don't have the wall space. Like, what do you say to that photographer? Tiny houses, uh, folio boxes, albums, there's always a way. That's the London problem. So whenever I teach someone from London, I said, before you tell me, you cannot fit 40 by 60. I have been known to fit 40 by 60 in council houses, in small spaces. But if you're really stubborn, you can always go for folio box. You can always go for an album. There's always a product 
forever space. And also people with big houses, sometimes they don't want to display their images as well. So if you're talking about boudoir, I personally don't shoot boudoir, but if I did, I would focus on folios for that product because sometimes people just don't want to have their body displayed out. So it depends on who you target. So I always say, you know, for students, figure out who you are talking to. So majority of my clients will be people who live in new build, three, four bed, box standard, boring home. They are going to be after box standard, plain, modern products. Probably on the wall, not too elaborate. You know, we're talking acrylics, we're talking straight up products with simple frame. And I know who I'm targeting, who I'm talking to. So those products that I offer will always be in line with my idea clients. So I rarely sell albums because I always aim to fulfill the walls. But for example, if I was in London, I would focus on albums and folios. Got it. All right, I'm going to dive more into the sales process that you advocate and that you utilize yourself. But, you know, with your experience as a coach with the TOG Academy, and you said you have clients in the US, you have clients in the UK, I'm guessing all around the world. Who do you think has the easiest market? Oh, they're going to crucify me on the line if I say it's America. Come on. (laughs) Now, in terms of average sale, my students from America do have the best average sale. And we're talking, this is not, you know, top photographer, good, bad photographer. All the students that I have, they tend to have quite decent average sale, but it's purely because American market values photography much more than British market, I would say. And it's a fact. I mean, anyone can tell you whether they mourn or not. British clients don't value photography as much as Americans do. Okay, but that's great. So that's a great foundation to start from. So what do you do then? Like, what is it that you do that has your clients valuing your photography enough to spend, you know, that 1500 to, did you say 15 to 17? Yeah, 15 to 1700. So I try to make it a tradition for them. So for me, majority of my clients will be coming over and over again. They become family. They literally, they know me inside out. I know their family. I know their kids that when they walk in, it's literally like seeing your own children, you know, they haven't seen for, for a few weeks. You know, I'm looking at seeing them probably about twice a year. On average, I've seen them for Christmas, pretty much anyone and throughout the year as well. So working for nine years now, I pretty much know their family inside out. They recommend me. So whenever I get someone that's new, it's almost a shock to the system. Oh, I don't know you. Who who are you? Because 90% of people are literally um, returning clients and then they bring family and then that expands this way. All right. Okay. I'm going to take you back one step. I want to ask you about getting that recurring client. But you said every photographer needs to have something special, something unique to attract their clients. So what is it that you're offering that makes you unique? So for example, I shoot a lot of footballers. I shoot a lot of celebrities. I never treat anyone like someone, you know, above and beyond. I treat them like normal people. I have a laugh with them. I'll have a giggle. You know, the experience itself is just as important as as the photos at the end. I make sure that they have fun. I make sure that I'm the most patient person that they've ever met in their entire life. Doesn't matter what kids do. It's white noise to me. I don't get stressed during sessions. I don't get stressed. I mean, as a mother, you have no luxury to get stressed about, you know, other people's kids. So the experience is great. I mean, they come for that more than anything else. You know, they have someone to chat. I do consultation. I treat the whole process as a process. And I know I could probably earn more money if I shot, you know, more people at, you know, less of a price, but then I would have to speed everything up. And it doesn't matter what the market does. I always want to make sure that that session with me is an experience from that consultation when I sit down and when I truly listen what it is that they want, not just, you know, my house is gray and white and that's every house, what it is that you 
want from this session because people want different things. And we assume that everyone wants to capture memories. It's not true. Some people want to have content for social media. Some people want to show off that they can afford a photographer. Some people want you to Photoshop them to the point that they feel better about themselves. There's different reasons they come for a studio shoot. And it's rarely just one box standard reason of we want to capture memories. So you need to find out what it is that they're after before you start providing the solution, because otherwise you're shooting in the dark, you're trying to do something that you do day in, day out without actually that being in line with what it is that they want. The moment you know what they want, everything else is easier and they come back and obviously they feel comfortable. They feel like they can trust you. I love that. And I can see that's a great reason for someone to come to you. So it sounds like you're not getting booked because of the photos on your wall or the fact you shoot black and white or studio. They're coming to you for that experience. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of better photographers than me. I'm a good solid photographer that would always deliver a good solid session. I always say to everyone, and I keep saying it for years, I'm not an artist. I'm a workhorse. You know, I will work. I know that, you know, how everything works in terms of business, but I look at human psychology first and foremost, you know, what it is that that person actually, why did they got attracted to my photos? What it is that they like? And it's always solid session. You know, what they see online is what they'll get. It's never substandard. I don't show online things that I cannot recreate in real life. I don't show the best image. I showed all the images. So you kind of know what you want when, know what you're going to get when you come for a session. I love it. I feel like I'm speaking to myself when I hear you talk because I, I don't feel like an artist when I'm a photographer. I feel like I'm a workhorse too. I know what a good image looks like. I know how to create it, but I don't feel like I'm an artist. I feel like I just work to get that image. So same as you. So then knowing that and hearing that from you, how do you get across to your clients that they're coming for the experience? Sure, they're going to get great photos, but how do you get across the fact that you're something special, you're something unique is the experience? So I'm a storyteller and I'm quite honest storyteller. Majority of photographers, when you get gets to putting stuff out there on social media, we've stumbled upon this writing block. And what do I write? I just photographed baby number 758 this year and its name is Kate. Lovely. Kate was lovely. I wanted to keep her. One more time. I see this phrase. I swear to God. <laughs> it's literally, you need to add some personality to everything that you put out there. And I know who I want to attract. I want to attract people who are like me. They're going to be the last person at the school gate to show up. You know, they're probably a bit scruffy. They're probably a bit chaotic. They have two kids, two dogs that can't handle their life. And I want to scoop them and help them, you know, settle them within themselves. I attract people like me. So people attract people I like. And the way I talk online attracts those people because I, I will always use sense of humor. I will always be straightforward. If baby comes and poops all over the blankets, I will actually probably mention that during, you know, in that description, I will try to write a story for some of the photos that kind of touches on that family, but not directly, maybe indirectly, maybe could relate to other people. Same thing with uh, my blogs. For anyone who wants to sit there and read blogs from photographer that's not about photography, I invite you to Dinky Feed Blogs because I write, you know, for the people that come to my session, but not necessarily about photography. And that attracts them because they know there's a person behind the brand as well, not just, you know, come in, take photos, get out. I do actually care about them being happy throughout the process. And so all that comes across in your social media, your blog posts, everything you're doing. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Do you use the fact that you have an accent, that Polish accent in the UK, that, that would make you stand out for sure. Like, do you use that? No, no, I don't even attract that many Polish clients, to be honest. You know? No, 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 no. But I think, I think everyone would know, you know, Maggie's you know, the blonde Polish photographer. Like, is that how they refer to you? 
No, not really. I mean, Andrew, if you ever have a drink with me, the accent comes out after seven tequilas. I mean, normally it's kind of, it's there, but it's not there. It's like a weird Irish American person. <laughs> and then seven tequilas in, I am very Polish. So obviously because I don't drink during sessions, that accent is not the first thing that hits them. But you know. <laughs> I, well, I, I wouldn't say this is an upsetting point. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me rephrase the question. Do you use video in your social media posts? So people, you know, because that's part of your identity, the fact that you do have that accent and you do stand out. Yeah. Do you know what comes with accent? It's not even the accent. The fact that I'm from Eastern Europe makes me very straight talking. And I think that's more of a unique selling point than even the accent itself. It's just kind of what you see is what you get. Yeah. I like that. I like that. You know, I can look at a family and look at that. And for example, I just said, breathe in. And they just look at me, I already have. And I can come and, you know, poke at them. But now breathe in. And, you know, I'm quite casual, I would say, when it comes to the shoots. And they feel comfortable. I'll make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm as fast as I can because those dads don't want to be there. I want to make sure that moms feel comfortable because they've been dreaming about the session for probably three and a half, four years, and they probably still don't feel skinny enough to, you know, to have that session. You treat everyone in a different way at the same time, and it, it takes skill. So I used to study British history, and one of the things that comes with British history is you study psychology as well. And that was probably my favorite subject, and I kind of took it from there. There on I read tons of books. I study that to this day, any human psychology bits, I always read upon it. So I use that at work quite a lot as well. In, and in sales as well. In sales, I use that day in, day out. All right, we're going to get to sales. I want to ask you a quick couple of things first. You said that, you know, people come to you for all different reasons, whether it's, you know, to be over Photoshop so they feel good about themselves, you know, whatever the reason was. How do you get that reason from them? When does that happen? Consultation. And I will always do consultation. And I always say to photographers, do not sell, send the form. Do not sell, you know, send 20 points. How would you like? Would you like the colors, this and this and this? Call those people, get them into the studio or get them face to face because majority of language is your body language. You will get more from people seeing them, whether it's Zoom or in person, than you will ever get from the form. And there will be a lot of things that will never tell you unless you physically sit down with them. And I know it's going to take half an hour out of your day. I've realized that, but that half an hour will probably double your income at the end. You know, I had situations four or five years ago hand on heart, the, the most heartbreaking situation ever. I photographed maternity, I photographed newborns, and one of the mums called me up 37 weeks pregnant. And she said, you know, I've been following for years. I would like to have a maternity session. I said, how come you never booked that session before? And she said, I've lost so many babies. I was worried I'm going to lose this one too. And I don't want to disappoint you. And when you photograph me, and that was the only reason why she said that to me was that was in-person consultation. She said, when you photograph me, could you please not Photoshop me skinny because I've been through IVF and the body that I have is part of my journey. And I would like to capture that too. You would never get that in any form, any consultation, questionnaire and things like this. And those are the things that make that session special because she knows I committed that time to actually find out what it is and who she is as a person, first and foremost. When you get an inquiry, does the client book in that consultation? Do they get a choice of Zoom or in person? Like, How does that happen? They do. They do. So they get a choice of in-person or Zoom. Depends on where they're based. If they can come to the studio, I always encourage them to come to the studio. And from business perspective, because we talk business, I shoot obviously different ages. So I shoot maternity, which would be the first port of call with me. I don't shoot weddings. So I shoot maternity. That's the earliest I'll meet my clients. Then I shoot newborns, babies, cake smashes, families, and so on. So if someone inquires about maternity, I will always try to get them to the studio because that's the best experience they can have. And they buy into me early from the start. 
So I want that to be, you know, there is no competition. You come to the studio, you will never go anywhere else. So not only do I do a book this session, but I book all the other five, you know, later on in the next few years as well. So maternity for me is always consultation at the studio unless they physically point blank refuse and they live miles away. Now, when we talk family session, I will also bring them to the studio and I'll encourage them to bring family as well because they feel more confident, comfortable, and they see me at my best. So when you come with a family, let's say, of young children, that session is going to be tough. I know it's going to be tough. They might not know it. I know it already. So I want them to come to the studio and see me happy and see me smiling and see me upbeat before they come for the shoot. And I am so focused on my work. I have no energy spared to, to do the small talk, to do the dance around, you know, to be all this chatty person that I know I am. But I remember they know me already because they've met me at the consultation at that stage, at that point. And that's the first impression that they have that Maggie was lovely and she made us coffee and she had time and so on. Because when they, when they come for the shoot, I know I have those young kids. I know I need to nail it within an hour because otherwise they'll be bored. And I have no time to ask you what you do for a living and how is your life because I've got a job to do. So I need to have that consultation for those sessions. Any other session is pretty much choice between Zoom and in-person, but those two always in person right so when you do those in-person consultations you want mum, dad and the kids everyone yes and if dad can't come that's okay you get mum and the kids no i want dad and mum. i want all the financial decision makers kids i don't mind if they haven't got anywhere to leave them bring them over it's not a problem but i need to have mum and dad involved in the consultation purely because i want mum and dad both together to see how much work there is, you know, obviously how much I care, how much I listen. If I do all this to mom, she's not going to relate that to that. So business-wise, dad's never seen all this work. So he's going to come for a shoot, thinks I'm going to click a few pictures, you know, and then I expect him to pay thousands and he doesn't understand why he's paying so much because it was so easy. When he comes for a consultation, he sees that as a part of the process, me building it, obviously creating that session for them and all this effort and all this personalization, you know, all the elements. And then that justifies the price at the end, because all those elements, the consultation, you know, the faffing about the building the, of the personal session, that's going to justify those 5,000, 6,000 that I'm trying to get out of them each time. So I want that to see it, because if especially if that's a decision maker, he needs to see it. And I've experienced that on the other side when I wasn't that concerned about that's coming and that's backfired in terms of average sales. So now if that cannot make it, let's find a different date. Obviously, sometimes mom's just going to show up on her own and says, well, last minute something happened. I'm not going to kick her out. But ideally, I want both of them, everyone who's involved. It doesn't have to be mom, can be grandma, can be sister, whoever's involved in finances, they need to be there from the start. Right. Got it. I love that. I love it. So with the maternity session, are you looking to make sales from that maternity session or do you wait until they have the baby and you do the newborn session and you're selling? Oh, no, it's, it's a standalone session. I'm making money of, from every session. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't mix them together. A lot of people will try to push for viewing for both at the same time. Absolutely not. I treat that as a completely separate session. I've got makeup artists for maternity. It's a massive project. It's massive editing. You know, I only shoot for 15 images, so it doesn't seem that much. But at the same time, they need to be perfect for wallet. All those 15 need to be perfect. So that's a standalone session. I do tend to edit really fast. So my turnaround for IPS is about four days. So I will shoot four days later. We have the viewing. So it's massive gap between the maternity viewing and the newborn session. So I can actually still do it as separate projects. For photographers who say, you know, four to six weeks, that's when you kind of getting into that zone of doing both viewings at the same time. And then it seems like a lot of money. I'm trying to avoid, I'm trying to split that. But I know there's different ways of looking at it. I've heard trainings when people say, you know, obviously it's, it makes more sense to do it as one. I know finance wise, it makes more sense for me to split it in completely different 
two payments. It almost feels like a subscription. It would have to. Yeah. It sounds like a no brainer to me. You said there, you know, you're doing your editing pretty fast and for a maternity session, you're looking to get 15 images ready. And then you said something about wall art. So are women buying maternity images for wall art, not albums and folio boxes? So it's how you sell it. Because mom who's about to give birth and who knows she's about to have very expensive, you know, child coming out of her, she will not commit that money for herself. So you need to repackage the maternity as baby's first shoot. And then you actually sell it on the basis of this is where your baby's journey started. You do it for the child. This is when your baby knows that you cared at the very beginning. And what we're going to do is we're going to get you a piece of wall art for your maternity. And then we're going to shoot the same styling for your newborn and for your baby shoot. And then you're going to have your three images hanging together. So this way, mentally, they're already committing to three images in the same styling, but also to three sessions without even actually realizing. Because I'm not pushy. I just visualize that whole journey on the wall. And this is baby's first session. The moment you say it's baby, it's so much easier. I mean, you know, Andrew, have you got kids? Yeah, I've got two boys. So now imagine the situation for anyone who listens with kids. You go to the shop, let's say you have $5 and you feel like I'm going to get myself like automobile magazine and sit there because I have a day off tomorrow. And your boys say, oh, dad, dad, I want to have this magazine. You will always get stuff for the kids because it's so much easier to spend on kids. We don't even think about it, but we question spending on ourselves. So the moment you move the recipient of money onto a child, parents don't have problems with spending money. If it's you receiving the goods, you will always question it. So if you say that maternity session is not for you, it's for your child because it's the first, you know, first session, make you take my money. But if you say, oh, this is all about you, it's your pampering session, they'll enjoy the session. But when it comes to actually exchanging finances, you know, I don't want to spend on me because I've got this, you know, newborn session coming up. And I want them to spend at every single session. That average needs to be good for maternity as well as, as all the other shoots. Maggie, you are good. That is very good. <laughs> Did you learn that from photography coaching or from psychology? Psychology. I used to do sales for finance companies as well for a few years. Uh, I did sales all my life. So pretty much anything I did was sales. I did sales. I worked for Harrods in sales. I sold cosmetics for cosmetic companies. Pretty much everything I do is sales. So for me, photography is 80% sales. 20%, you kind of need to take some photos in between to have something to sell. But essentially, it's not 80% artist, 20% try to sell. It's 80% business, 20% have some material to sell. Amazing. Do you ever feel uncomfortable in a sales session? Never. It's like holiday. It's For me, IPS is where I sit there on my throne. The only thing I'm missing is the crown. I'm thinking, I've done all the work. This is where I'm milking all the money. It's literally, I don't stress. I never get stressed at IPS ever. It's literally a day off. I could book like five to six sessions of IPS, you know, day in, day out after one after another. Why are you so comfortable with sales? I know you have all the experience. Is it because you've set up the client beforehand or you're just comfortable, naturally comfortable talking money? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Maggie, you are a breath of fresh air. You are absolutely incredible. Your training must be amazing. Who is it for? Is it for the photographer who like wants to get into IPS, is doing IPS, but isn't cracking the code? Anyone. So my target student, I would say, there's a lot of people who've never done IPS and I take them by the hand and it's quite gentle. You know, I'm not trying to make them pushy sales. I'm not trying to alienate them from sales. There's a lot of benefits for someone who did training for, let's say, did IPS for years. Because what happens is we start with all the intentions, we do all the things, and then we start to kind of 
be slack. So I'm motivating people back to do all the things, but I also explain to them why we're doing it. The moment you know why you're doing something, it motivates you to do it. Because if you don't know it, someone says to you, you should do this and this and this. Okay, I'll go through the emotion. I don't actually understand why I need to ask those questions. The moment you know why you're asking the questions, you ask the question because you remember, you know, the reason for it. So uh, absolutely for anyone. And I'm not saying it sounds super cheesy, but it is for anyone. And it is for any average sale as well. It could be for someone who averages 300 pounds per session. It could be for someone who averages, you know, 30 grand per session because the structure is adjustable, you know, and even with pricing, it's all adjustable. I give you the matrix and you put your prices in there and the matrix works for any prices. And even when you increase prices later on. So good. So where do we go? Do we go to Tog Academy or do we go to your group? Togacademy.com, togacademy.com and then IPS Bootcamp. You can read all about the IPS training that I do. You can start it literally straight away. The moment you sign up, you get all the modules. There's eight, I think eight or more modules. There's eight hours of me talking. <laughs> you. you can listen to me in a bath. You can listen to me on a walk, but you can obviously re-listen, re-review it. There's extra PDFs, there's extra training added, there's a lot of bonuses, list of phrases that I use at IPS. So you literally don't invent anything. It's just, I'm telling you step-by-step step what to do, how to do it, and why you're doing it. So the only thing you need to do is sit there and listen. So good. And what's the cost? So at the moment, I think it's 500 pounds, uh, 499 or 599. It's, you know, for, for what you get in terms of increasing your average sale, because that's the aim of the training, to increase your average sale you get that money back straight away. So I do have quite a good street cred. So it's always good to ask online, ask, you know, what people think with whether I've trained anyone, ask in any group, because I always say, ask other people, don't ask me because, you know, it's my business. That pays my mortgage. I will always tell you I'm the best, but, you know, ask other people <laughs> who are the students. So I love how straight you shoot, Maggie. You mentioned the group because when I was asking you about books, you said you photograph, you have a list of books in the group. Is, who's the group for TOG Academy members? Oh, it's TOG Academy group on Facebook. Is that for anyone? Uh, yeah, anyone in. So you need to be a photographer. So just need to make sure that, you know, there's, they can leave your email. If you leave your email, you get every two weeks, you get a newsletter with a lot of freebies. And by a lot of freebies, I mean, I have a lot of free stuff. So in the file section of Tog Academy group on Facebook, there's loads. There's templates, there's PDFs, there's, you know, journals, there's, you know, all sorts of contracts and, and, and stuff. So you can get get started uh, a lot of free video training as well. So if you want to kind of listen to me before you pay for listening to me, so you can do that as well. Unreal. So good. So Maggie, what I'll do, I'll add links to all those things, uh, those resources in the show notes to accompany your audio. I've said it again and again, you are amazing. Thank you so much. I didn't realize the time of night you were recording this. I think it's after midnight now. So look, massive thanks for staying up and for sharing everything you have. You are incredible and I can't wait to get this out to listeners. So thank you. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Maggie as much as I did. Maggie, if you are listening, I'm sure it was very obvious. I totally love you, what you've done, what you're doing, your approach to photography business, your approach to sales, attracting clients, the whole thing. I'm a total fan and look, just massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you did. For you, the listener, I hope you do feel the same way. If if you have any follow-up questions for Maggie, go and check out the show notes page for this episode. It's at photobizx.com forward slash 554. And the reason I say that is I've got links to anything and everything that she mentioned in the show notes there. Plus, you'll see examples of her fantastic work. And what I would encourage you to do is follow her on Instagram and Facebook or wherever 
you access your social media and go and see what she's doing. She's amazing. I just saw a couple of her videos pop up during the week about doing real life sessions with real families. And I mean, man, she's crazy. She loves these difficult sessions. I think one of them was uh, mum and dad, three kids and five dogs. And she filmed the whole session and, and showed how she posed everyone and the, the finished photos. Like, yeah, very, very cool. She shares so, so much. Go and check her out there. Go and check out the show notes, see examples of her work. And you can find her online with all the links that I've got there as well, including her training, which would be amazing by the sound of it, the TOG Academy. Go and check that out. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Maggie into the members Facebook group. I can just imagine she's going to be hammered uh, either, well, both now and in the future when we get questions popping up that uh, I know that she will be happy to come back and answer. So if you do have a a question for Maggie, uh, maybe a question that I didn't ask or you want to dive deeper into something that we brought up uh, and you're a premium member, feel free to tag Maggie inside the members Facebook group and I'll make sure she sees that post and I know that she'll be happy to come and answer you in there. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the week. I have to wrap things up pretty quickly here because Linda is madly cooking in the kitchen. Jordan, my youngest son, is coming over for lunch. So there's going to be a lot of clanging and banging. Well, there already has been actually. So I'm trying to weave in my podcast recording between Linda moving in and out of the kitchen and getting things ready for lunch today. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap things up early. I hope you have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Stay safe, healthy, and well. Big thanks to Maggie. Hope to see you in the sales training with Audra Harris later this week. And if you're a premium member, I will chat to you inside the members Facebook group. Alrighty, have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.